What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Week 6 Prediction Show of the Vol Fanatics. If you haven't done so, please hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. We are the Vol Fanatics Show. My name is Skylar. Michael, how we doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. As the show has gone on today, we've we've, we've gotten steadily better. So. Hey, you know, to some people maybe. I don't know. I don't know I'm joking. I'm um, right on that yeah look we're gonna get straight into this thing um if y'all want to catch our reaction to week five and how good that was y'all can catch that video um right before this one it's uploading right now so um we got the red river shootout and we're only going to talk about this i know we're sec really only but these two teams are going to be making their way into the sec in 2024 as everybody knows and we thought it'd be kind of fun to just go ahead and predict this one just because it's them versus them you know it's it's them versus each other um I don't know a whole lot about these teams other than the Texas got the big win against Alabama. I watched that game, but I think Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma is actually making some noise and there's a lot of hype going into this one. I know last year, last couple of years, really it's not been competitive, but what about this game coming up noon Eastern? Let's see. Dylan Gabriel. uh, Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, Dylan Gabriel is, I think leading the big 12. He has almost 1600 yards passing this year. 15 touchdowns and two picks. He is really showing out, but Quinn Fun Ewers. Facts. Go ahead. Quinn Ewers. Uh, Quinn Ewers is also right behind him. He's got uh, 13, 1358 uh, passing yards this year, uh, 10 touchdowns and one interception. So, I mean, it's he, he's right behind him in, in that one right there. You want to know what's crazy to me to even think about? What you got? This is the first season in a long time. There's been so much parity between every conference, and now we're about to fuck it all up. Teams are going everywhere. And this is the first time in so long that, like, you've had multiple good teams in a single conference, and we're just going to do away with it next year. Well, all right, on that note right there, think about this. The SEC right now only has one team in the top ten, and a Pac-12 has four I believe. Let, let me look at the updated one. I've got it pulled up. You've got uh, Washington, Oregon, and USC. So, um, see, there there was another one that was up there. But, oh, Utah was in the top ten, and they got beat. So, you've got three Pac-12 teams in the top ten, and the pac is not even going to exist next year. Hey, so, they're, I, they're going out with a bang. makes no sense to me how we made these decisions, and – you know, as a traditionalist, I guess, you know, some people are like, oh, you're wearing black uniforms. We're orange and white. Think about even the more extreme traditional uh, traditionalists when it comes to conference realignment and what robberies are going to be lost and stuff like that. I know that's – I'm going to get off on a tangent. Um, Oklahoma, Texas. I'm going to go out on a limb and think that Oklahoma may pull this upset. Uh, I, I, It's not going to be my upset pick of the week. Um, but – I just think there's a lot of hype coming around uh, Brent Venables and what he's doing up there in Oklahoma and how they've started the season. Obviously, Texas has done the same thing, but I kind of like Tennessee. And and as a Tennessee fan, I I was selfish about it and, and did a very stupid thing and thought we were going to win the the SEC this year. Now that still is possible, but I got to see it before I can really predict it. And I'm going to do the same thing with Texas. I'm going to have to see them win the whole slate before I jump on board and think that they're actually going to do it. And this, because it's a rivalry game, because it's the 2023 football season, I think this is an absolute golden opportunity for Oklahoma to pull a pretty big 
even though it shouldn't really be an upset, but it's a pretty big upset based off where the programs were, you know, a year or two ago. So, and that that's a fair pick, and I'm gonna go the opposite end of the spectrum there. Just totally, you know, totally give me clarity, but also I trust Texas a little bit more right now on defense that's than good. I do Oklahoma. Oh, and Texas has been a really, really, really good second half team this year. I mean, yesterday against Kansas. Now, Jalen Daniels was hurt yesterday, so I was a little bit surprised that the game was close. But halftime, I believe it was 20 to 13, Texas was up, and the final score was 40 to 13. Texas just blew him out in the second half. So, uh, especially after seeing what Texas did to Alabama this year, I trust Quinn Ewers on offense just a little bit more than Dylan Gabriel. I trust that Texas defense a little bit more than I do Brent Venable's defense, although. Their defense has not looked bad this year. They are they're much improved from Oklahoma teams of past ones that have made the college football playoff before, for instance. But overall, I trust Steve Sarkeesian and Texas just a little bit more than I do Oklahoma. So give me the Longhorns in the Red River Showdown. No, that's that's totally reasonable. Um, where I was going earlier when I was like, uh, I wanted to mention fun fact. Dylan Gabriel was Josh Heupel's uh, quarterback back when he was coaching UCF. If you didn't know that. I remember that. I, I had forgotten about it, but once you said that, I remembered that he was uh, the quarterback at UCF. Is that John crazy was. how that breakup happened and you got one guy that's just moving on to a better program or what he could do at UCF, and then you got that other guy going exactly where Josh Heupel went to college during his playing days, and now he's the quarterback at Oklahoma. I thought that was kind of cool. I didn't know if maybe Josh Heupel pulled some strings to allow that transfer to happen because maybe he was looking out after some of his players because, I mean, there was a bad outlook on Josh Heupel when he just upped and left UCF. Um, kind of the same way with Danny White, and uh, maybe maybe he was trying to help him out. I don't know. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I think there was some bad blood there, so I don't know if that's totally true. So, um, but no, I I agree with you on that one, and uh, I think that'll be a fun game, one that I'm going to be watching nonetheless. And uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling, try to keep this a, a short episode. We got a sleeper of a game at noon Eastern on the SEC Network, but it's Mississippi State taking on Western Michigan. This needs to be a great bounce-back game for Mississippi State. It better not even be close. They started out the SEC slate 0-3, and they've got to start getting some wins if they want to make a, 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 a decent bowl game, if not just a bowl. Yeah, I, I think it's, this game is a must-win for Mississippi State just to get back on track because I don't see them having much success in the conference this year, if any success. Um, so I've got Mississippi State in this game this this will be a game that I watched just to help out with the uh, recap and the predictions for next week a little bit. But this is a game that I'm not real interested in. Uh, I apologize, Mississippi State fans. There's just some better games on the slate that day, especially the one that we will get to here in just a second that is on at the same time. Uh, so get, give me the Bulldogs. Uh, they're going to get a win in this one. Uh, what what do you have in this one? Or did you did you already? Pick that? I agree with you. I agree with you on that wholeheartedly. There is a third team on a bye. Um, so, so you got South Carolina, Tennessee, and I'm not miss. I can't think of it. Is it Alabama? No, Alabama. It is Alabama. No, they play A and M. Help me out, dude. There's only 11 SEC teams. Auburn. Auburn. Auburn's on a bye. Okay, thank you. So you got Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina on buys. But we're going to move on to the next game. This is the first East versus West showdown this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think LSU. you might be right on that. LSU travels to Columbia, Missouri. All right. LSU coming off a very 
very heartbreaking loss to Ole Miss. But that's going to be at noon Eastern on the ESPN network. You've got Brady Cook, who's very red hot. you got Jaden Daniels, who had one of his best games in a loss, um, squaring off. If you want to really ramp up the East versus West arguments, this is the game to be watching. Who do you got? I've got LSU in this game, although I think is it is going to be very competitive because strange things have happened this year in Como. And I think Missouri keeps it close, but I think in the end, Brian Kelly is going to get around on this team and tell them, you know, have, have them realize, look, one more loss, and that's it for us this year. There is no SEC title game. There, there's no chance that, you know, what we were able to do last year. Um, so give me LSU in a close ball game. Yeah, I agree with you. Two losses in a, in a, in, a, in this age uh, for college football is is a good season. It's a season you can be proud of, and you always look at that one game that you lost that you maybe shouldn't have lost to maybe make that playoff. But once you have three losses, it's almost like everybody just scratches it off as a wasted season. Let's build for the next year. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, especially after everything they accomplished last year, which really wasn't that much. I'm not getting drunk on what they did last year because they still went like nine and four. They had four losses. I didn't think they were that impressive. They just beat Bama, which was obviously what had them pole vaulting into winning the West. But and before we move on, I haven't made my pick. Oh, sorry. I, I thought I thought you said that you agreed with me. I, no, no. I mean, I do, but here's what I'm going to say because we, we mentioned this in the in the recap video. Okay, the game is being played in Missouri, and in the SEC, that's got to account for something. And I'm kind of wondering if that LSU allows that Ole Miss loss to happen twice. And here, I think is a perfect trap game for Missouri to keep the, the ball rolling. And I'm actually going to roll with the Tigers of Missouri. The the I'm not going to say the real Tigers, but <laughs> you know, I don't hate that pick. I, I really don't. I just feel like that this is a game that LSU has to win, and that's why I picked them to win this game. I agree with you. I agree. Uh, with you. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you on that, but breaking news just came in: wide receiver Brew McCoy undergoes season-ending surgery after suffering fractured ankle in the win over South Carolina. So I just got that notification on my Apple Watch, and um. Hang on. That live. Obviously, prayers up to Brew. I don't, you know, that, that's that's tough, but I'm glad he's getting the surgery done immediately to, to hopefully get the 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 rehab underway. Um, but is that just an ankle? I mean, it looked that's like his ankle was too. That's all it said was fractured ankle on there. If it is just a fractured ankle, I know it's never a win when you get injured, but I think that may be really good news because his knee looked – Really messed up as well. So I mean, I thought so as well. So um, I, I'm not sure what what the rules are on all this, but I wonder if medical redshirt. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Medical redshirt. Can he get one more year out of this? And if that's the case, with it just being a fractured ankle, that is big news for Tennessee going forward because he got the surgery done. He's gonna be able to get the rehab process done quicker. So, yeah, with being an ankle, you're not dealing with as much ligaments or anything like that. Well, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not a doctor. But I'm saying like an ankle usually is easier to come back from than a knee, especially when you blow up your knee, um, which I thought is what he did. I thought there was a very big possibility that he may not be able to return to the game of football. So with if, if it's just an ankle and he can come back from that, that is massive. But then the conversation ends up being, does he want to come back for another year or do you, do you think he may actually try to work toward the NFL draft? But either way – 
prayers up for Brew. Um, nobody was was ha- not. I mean, everybody was honestly disheartened and shook. I mean, I, I felt the tent where we were watching the game. It was it was almost hard to watch the game for the rest of the night because all we could think about was how gruesome that injury was. And as we talked about in the recap video, there tends to be one of those every time we play South Carolina. Um, I know that's not necessarily truth, but the last couple of years for sure. And then obviously about 10 years ago with Marcus Lattimore. So um, good news. I'm glad he's getting the surgery done. And uh, thank you for that update. And um, what I was talking about, though, is I'm taking Missouri Tigers. <laughs> yeah. And I apologize for interrupting there. I just I, no, you said that you agree with me that that man, hey, I'm picking LSU, but I don't hate that Missouri pick right there. I really don't. I, I think Missouri is a decent team this year, and they could very well win this game. It is in Como. I got you. No, I was saying I agree with you because I wanted to make it look like I was right when I can do the clipping and the editing when I post on TikTok. I'm like, yeah, 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 I chose LSU. When I, really, I didn't, okay? But uh, LSU should win this game big. But I'm seriously, because I didn't do it last week, I'm trying to give credit to where the game is being played this week, and it's in Columbia, Missouri, and I think I think they'll be rocking, dude. So uh, let's get to the game of the week in the SEC, though. Talk about it. We got Alabama at Texas A&M. This is at 3.30 Eastern on CBS. Um, I'm going to take Alabama in this game. Um, This this has got the opportunity to be a very close game. And, you know, we remember last time that Alabama went to Texas A&M. Alabama lost the game. Texas A&M beat beat Alabama in College Station. And... um, Ended up being Alabama's one loss in the regular season. Uh, they ended up losing to Georgia in the national championship game later that year. But um, it, this is a game that anything could happen. I think that it plays to Texas A&M's strengths as far as um, Alabama is a rushing team. When when they or that that is their strength. Alabama has to run the ball to win the game. But I also think that Texas A&M's defense they're very good against the run. So. I still take Alabama, but this is going to be a very, very close ball game. I like how you drew that out. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'm taking Bama too. Um, I mentioned this before. As good as A&M's defense is, if they can allow Milrow to to run the ball, make his plays, I, th- I think at the end of the day, the West still runs through Bama. I will say, I think this week you're really going to start seeing some separation between the top half and the bottom half of the SEC, like even more so. Um, with the with some of the matchups that we got going on, but uh, that's going to be absolutely one of the key games and the turning point of uh, the shape of what Atlanta is going to look like later on this year. When you've got a two and O Bama in the SEC versus a two and O A and M in the SEC, and a game in which A and M could derail if they lose this game, they could, or, or they could absolutely rock it up if they win this game. Yeah, so a hypothetical here, if Texas A&M wins this game. This game is in College Station, so it would not shock me. It would not shock me if the 12th man showed up. Absolutely not. Yeah. So hypothetical, if Texas A&M wins this game and you've got a one-loss Alabama, a one-loss Ole Miss, and a one-loss LSU as far as the SEC goes, and then Ole Miss beats A and M later in the season. Where where where's the tiebreaker going to be? I, I know you've got A and M and LSU at the end of the season playing. So I mean, I almost, I almost want to change my pick, man. 
Now that I'm thinking about this, how bad has Alabama been on the road lately? They haven't been great, but they haven't been terrible. I mean, yeah, you're right. I'm I'm stupid. I'm going with Bama. But you're right. I, Hypothetically, if you got three teams that have all beaten each other, where does the tie? I don't know if, what kind of rule that is, but I've kind of thought about that with the the East. You know, with how Georgia is kind of starting out slow. Like, what if you have like a Kentucky, Missouri, Georgia, Tennessee, all with like one loss in the division? Like that, that would be crazy. Yeah. Um, See, I had a conversation last night at the retirement party. Um, somebody said, you know, the SEC is down this year. Yes and no. The top teams are down from where they have been. But those middle-of-the-pack teams that we've been looking at here right here lately, they have jumped. That's so right. the overall conference power is up. But the the top teams up there – have gone down, which make it seem like the SEC is down this year. Welcome to the transfer portal world, dude. Absolutely. So, all right, so we both agree Bama's going to take this win in the SEC game of the week slot. Yes. All right, dude. Um, that is going to be a big game. Definitely check it out. We got one that could be a sneaky good game, and that's mostly because both teams are now off the radar after taking L's last week. But you got Vanderbilt rolling into Gainesville in Florida, and uh, Florida has broken every fan's heart because they were – they were supposed to be good after beating Tennessee, and they're not, not even close. But you got Vanderbilt, who actually beat Florida last year at home in Vanderbilt. I don't see this happening again. I think Florida's going to bounce back, get a win against Fandy, and uh, uh, I think the running game for Florida shows itself again. I, I'm there with you, and I, I just want to go on record. If Vandy goes to Gainesville and beats Florida, Billy I am going to be furious. Because Tennessee cannot get a win in Gainesville, but here's Vandy rolling in and getting a win in Gainesville. But I, I, I'm glad you kind of said that about Billy Napier because you know we signed his contract extension after they beat us in Gainesville. But he still finds a way to get fired after we did that. That that is crazy. After the trouncing that Kentucky gave him yesterday in Lexington. If Vandy goes down there and beats him, oh, yeah, he's gone. No doubt about it. Wait, by the way, I took a lot of heat for picking Kentucky last week on the show. Somebody was like, I think it was in the TikTok live when I was live on TikTok, which I'm not doing that today. But uh, they were like, beat us three out of the last that They've literally only beat us twice in a row. And I, no, actually, they beat you three out of the last five years, and I, or three out of the last four years, which I now think is. I think it's four out of five. It may be three out of five. Either way. Kentucky's had your number the last half decade. And that's something that I knew, you know, because I'm not a fan of either team, just an outsider looking in. That game was also at Kentucky. I mean, come on now. Look, I know I don't know everything about football, but I do watch the games and I do, I did play the sport. I don't, I'm not like an idiot. I'm not just on here just to try to get clicks and whatnot. Like that was a very good pick and we ended up both being right on that one. And, Florida has literally proven to me that not even after our outcome, my opinion of Florida Gators has not changed. They were not a good, they didn't even play a great game against us, man. We just shot ourselves in the foot over and over and over again. Absolutely. And and so that's why I'm saying that we lost to Gainesville. We lost to the swamp. Like we never lost to Florida. And I've said that over and over again. I'm going to continue to say that. Exactly. Um, we're going to look back at the end of the season. Florida's going to have four or five losses, and we're going to be like, how the hell did we lose them? Just like we did in 2021. We, mm-hmm. we finished seven and five, seven and six, and Florida was like god-awful. I think they went five and seven, and we're like, how the hell did how the hell did we lose to that? 
But um, but no, I think Florida really needs this win. I think more than Vanderbilt, just because the expectations were different going into the season. Not that Florida's were great expectations, but Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt. Florida's Florida. They need this win. Yeah, I think Florida gets the win here, but I think all right. So the spread on this game is seventeen and a half. That's I insane. I don't know if they cover that. It's a close game, like within ten points. But Florida wins this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a shootout, though, because I don't think Florida's defense is very good. Their their defensive front is not terrible, but Vandy's defense is awful. Yeah. So I I think that it could come down to a shootout that favors Florida. But the the key for Vanderbilt in this game is I know you want to get the running game going, but your offensive line is so bad, you have to throw the ball to have success. And in games this year where they have thrown the ball, they have had a lot of success in there. But they are trying to force that running game, trying to get it going, and they start passing the ball too late when they're already down by two or three scores. So I think you have to get the, the passing game going early to have a chance in this game. but. Ultimately, I think Florida gets the win. It, it's in the swamp. Yeah, and I, I don't think it even matters if A.J. Swan or, or Kenny Seals gets to start. I think regardless, I think Florida needs to win a little bit more. Um, Ricky Purisall is going to have a game. So uh, that is the 4 o'clock Eastern on the SEC Network. That's the second, second game of the day on that channel um, in Gainesville, Florida. So let's move on to the big game that uh, – I say big game because it's the biggest one in the East. It's in Athens, Georgia. It's 7 o'clock. ESPN, um, Kentucky rolls into Georgia. How are we feeling about this game right here? Because I think this is sneakily the best game of the weekend, obviously. Maybe not with Alabama A&M, but I really do think this is this got this has got game number one game vibes to it because it this just has got potential because of what each of these teams has put on display so far this year because. I- Georgia has not looked impressive. They have gotten off to slow starts. And on the flip side of it, Kentucky most of the time this year has gotten off to a really fast start and slows down as the game goes on. So can can we see Kentucky get up early? Can we see Georgia come back from this? What are we going to see in this game? I really don't know. This could be a blowout. Georgia because it is Athens at night or this could be a game like we saw against Auburn this past week where it comes down to the wire whoever has the ball last wins you know whoever gets the final stop whoever gets the final score I I really don't know in this one but I do all right go ahead I love it because this is finally where we get to figure out who Kentucky is the first five games I just don't feel like you had a great measurement stick but this is a great measurement stick. Let me point something out to you. Ray Davis career rushing yards so far, right at 600, right at 600 yards. Do you just want to take a gander to say who the leading rusher for Georgia is and how many yards he's got? You don't even know, you don't have to know who he is. How many yards do you think a Georgia running back has through 5 games of the season? What's your number? 280. You're right on the money. It's 260. 260 yards for a Georgia running back through five games. And the way we know Georgia, he should have that number damn near after one game. Yeah. So this game is going to be one on the line. All right. This is Athens at night. At the end of the day, I'm going to choose Georgia. 
I'm going to choose Georgia because it's Athens at night. That That's what it solely comes down to is Athens at night because especially after what we saw yesterday in the Florida game, I think Kentucky's O-line has got a really good chance to not do not do what they did to Florida to that extent, but right. to dominate the the line right there and get the running game going. Yeah. But I think flip side of the ball, I think that Georgia's O-line <laughs> should be able to handle Kentucky's D-line. I'm not saying, you know, just completely blow them out or anything because I think that Kentucky's D-line is very comparable. But I think that if Georgia is able to get the run game going behind that offensive line, then that's where the Athens at night comes in. Georgia gets the win. But if if Kentucky wins on the front, on the O-line and the D-line, does Kentucky pull the upset? Telling you, it's, it's very possible. Look, what I hate about these, this weekend is you've got three SEC East teams all undefeated at 5-0. But at the end of this week, you could be only looking at one team being five and zero. So it's it's going to be tough. Um, I mean, there's a chance that you could have two teams still undefeated at six and zero, but uh, that's a pretty hard ask between Missouri to try to upset LSU. But I mean, I think it's definitely possible. I've already predicted them to do so. But um, no, I I think I think Georgia's going to pull the upset. Um, I. I think just because I've seen it through every game, I think it's going to be a very fun game to watch. It's going to be very competitive, but I just think at the fourth quarter, they're going to lean on Brock Bowers, and they're, he's going to somehow carry them to another win. Um, and Yeah, and Georgia's defense has always been good. It's just um, they're not near as dominant as we've seen. I mean, remember two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, seven years ago? It was hard. It was hard for Georgia to even give up a touchdown. Yeah. And now it yeah, seems like every team that faces them scores 10 points in the first quarter. Yeah, that so, defense two years ago was unbelievable for Georgia. Uh, and the, the only team that put up a whole bunch of points was Alabama in the SEC championship game. And then you look at Georgia's d- just dominated them in the national yeah. championship game two games later. Yep. Uh, but that, that defense doesn't look near as good now. I said it earlier, that front seven looks very suspect for Georgia, but the secondary is still really good. Yeah. If it, this game, if it comes down to Devin Leary having to try to take over the game, passing the ball, it's done. Georgia wins. No no questions about it. But I, I don't think it'll come down to that. I think Kentucky's still going to try to do what they do and run the ball. I still take Georgia just because of the simple fact that it's it's Athens at night. We've, yep. we've mentioned that a couple of times now. Look at Carson Beck to have his third consecutive 300-yard game, too. Like, if this is just a Georgia game where they just go through and, and route them, like, I think it's very possible because Kentucky, I still think, is kind of a – I mean, they could be a very fraudulent 5-0 team just because of their level of competition, all right? Now, the 5-0, that's worth something. I get it. Um, but Carson Beck may be finding his footing. Um, he's, he's, like I said, went back to back 300 yard games. Does he make it back to back to back? I don't know. We'll find out. We are going to move on and finish this recap. I know we've not touched on the Tennessee game and that's because they are on a bye week this week, as we mentioned, but the last game of the sec slate is seven 30 Eastern on the sec network, the third game on that broadcast. And it's going to be a really good, important game out of the West with Arkansas going into Oxford. Um, to take on the number 16th ranked Rebels. 
know, if you would have asked me this game two weeks ago, KJ Jefferson, baby. Yes, I would have said KJ Jefferson and Arkansas go into Oxford and they pull the upset. But after what I've seen over the last three weeks from Arkansas and what I've seen over the last three weeks from Ole Miss, Ole Miss wins this game going away, in my opinion. I I think that the defense is going to look better for Ole Miss this week, but that's because they're not going up against a top offense in the SEC. So give me Ole Miss in this game. Jackson Dart is going to show out once again. I think that the running game for Ole Miss can have a lot of success against the Arkansas front too because I – so before this week I, I have said, you know, Arkansas's defense does not look terrible. But I, I listened to the Eric Ang show, and Eric and Brian are on there saying, man, anybody can score on this Arkansas defense. And I'm like, am I watching a different game from y'all? Because the defense doesn't look terrible. It got exposed this past week against Texas a and Yep. I, it was uh, – I don't mean <laughs> – I hear you. I just don't think AM had that great of a game offensively. I think they got a lot of help from the defense. Um and KJ Jefferson's got to be better with the ball. And I think he's had back to back games with multiple interceptions. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he only had one last week, but it was just costly. Um I I think Ole Miss is gonna win this game. I think what Arkansas needs to really work on is to is to keep this game competitive and not let it get away from them. Because at the end of the day, I think there's more talent on Ole Miss's side with the running game, with the offensive line, with with Jackson Dart. I mean, you you even went on record and saying that he's the best quarterback in the SEC, which I don't necessarily disagree with. Uh, numbers don't lie. He's got nearly 1,500 yards through five games. Um, I look at Ole Miss to win this game as well because it's in Oxford, Mississippi. It's a night game. But just because it's 2023 – I wouldn't be surprised if somehow Arkansas came in and, and beat Ole Miss after Ole Miss had a, a very emotional game last night um, because they came back comeback fashion. Um, they could be riding the high, the waves of that, and not really focusing on Arkansas. Um, so don't let that sneak up on them. It is a night game. It is at home. I anticipate Ole Miss getting the win, um, which could catapult them into a very, very fun season. And after they lost to Bama, we were kind of like, ah, ah. They're not that good. But, no, um, they could actually be very good. Bama just could – I mean, like I said, the West runs through Bama. No matter who wants to deny it, um, at the end of the day, Nick Saban still runs that that division. And uh, if you want to win it, you got to beat them head up. So, so with that – While we're still on Ole Miss, I, I just want to take a look going forward because Ole Miss has played two of the top teams in the SEC West. And let me see if I can – all right, so they're scheduled the rest of the way. They still got to play A&M. They still got to play A&M. They still got to play Georgia. But the other games on their schedule, all right, so you got Arkansas, Ole Miss this week. We both picked Ole Miss to win this game. They still got to play Auburn. All right, you play Auburn in uh, in Auburn next week. Who do you take in that game? I, mean, I I know I know that we're you know not predicting this game, but just off the top of your head, who are you taking in this game? Well, I told you in my preseason picks that I think Hugh Freeze has something special for, for Ole Miss. So you think that one right there, Auburn could get a win? It's in Jordan Hare. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. See, I I think that'll be a close game, but I've got Ole Miss winning. All right? That's fine. 
I mean, my, my prediction may change, but as of right now, I'm still sticking with my gut. Hugh Freeze hasn't won that game yet where it's like, man, you shouldn't have won that. Now, he almost did it against Georgia, but he still hasn't won that game where it's like, well, how, how the hell did you do that? With your team and your first year in coaching, you know, where did that even come from? I think that game is being bottled up for Ole Miss. Right. Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. Ole Miss. Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Game is in Oxford. I'm giving that to Ole Miss. All right. Ole Miss and Georgia. This game is in Athens. Hmm. I think they can actually win that game. I agree. I Ultimately, I would give it to Georgia just because just it's in Athens. Exactly. But I really, really exactly. think they can win that game. But the offensive firepower, if that ends up being a shootout because of the, the, the lack of defense that I'm seeing from Georgia lately. Now, they do they – do, I mean, they get better as the game goes on. But I'm saying, like, Ole Miss has the opportunity to outscore Georgia's offense. Yes, if it comes down to a shootout, Ole Miss wins that game. That's exactly what they want it to be. Yes. All right. This one's easy. Ole Miss against UL Monroe. Yeah, Ole Miss. Ole Miss at Mississippi State. Give me Ole Miss because Mississippi State's not look promising. So, I know that you picked Auburn over Ole Miss, but you're sticking with your with your prediction there. Could Ole Miss finish this season with either one loss or no losses? No, they're finishing. They're finishing with a loss, another loss. I, I agree. I think they lose somewhere along the line. No, you, you mentioned this earlier last week, I believe. You said that you know the ceiling for Ole Miss is ten and two, and unfortunately, because they have to play Georgia this year. Now, I still think they could win that game, but when you have to play Alabama, Georgia, um, LSU, A and M, it's just. It's hard. And then you got Auburn on top of that. Auburn is not really a good uh, reference. The only reason why I'm bringing up Auburn, and, and most people will know, Hugh Freeze used to be the head coach at Ole Miss. And I just think that Auburn game at Jordan-Hare is going to be a little bit extra spicy due to that fact. Um, because obviously the off the, the field issues, um, him having hookers in the locker room, and I'm not talking about Hendon. Um, I'm joking. He, I think he had burner phones or something. But uh, – you know, either way, that just ended very sourly. He's back in the SEC now. He's cleaned himself up. I just think that I think that Auburn could be one of the harder tests for Ole Miss than anybody on that schedule, uh, just because it's at Jordan Hare. Now, obviously, you do have Georgia. You do have, and they've already played Bama and lost to Bama. But I mean, I, I don't know. LSU and A and M are going to be the the big test too. So I mean, they could honestly they could finish with another three losses, but. If I'm putting the ball in, in a quarterback's hands, give me Jackson Dart, like you mentioned, and I can take him over pretty much anybody he's going to be facing up against. Yeah. But now I, Jackson Dart's had some low moments too, but he's been he's been playing lights out lately. He has, but you know, I keep going back to you know my my season prediction uh, for Ole Miss. I picked them to go nine and three, I believe. I was very high on them. And I had a guy comment on my video and said. Jackson Dart is the worst Ole Miss quarterback I have ever seen. I, I think the guy was 50 years old, and he said he is the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Lane Kiffin is a terrible head coach. And we're sitting here saying Jackson Dart's the best quarterback in the SEC as it as it stands today. Oh, well, I, you say that. You say that. I'm agreeing, but I'm not going on record to say that. I still think Jay Daniels is pretty good. I'm just saying, as it stands there, to, as it stands today. Yeah, I guess he's, he's the best one. Statistically, probably is. To be honest with you, so I agree. 
But get to your point because we got to wrap this thing up. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, uh, <laughs> Ole Miss, I, I think could very well win the SEC this year. The SEC West. Sorry, so you, I, I think. Okay, but I, so, 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 but no, no, no. Let's talk about that. So to make that happen, though, who are the two teams that Bama's got to lose to in the SEC? I'm still gonna say. No, I'm not gonna say it. Texas A and M. I, I think Texas A and M, and it very well could be. Just chose Bama, but you just chose Bama to win. I, and I still think that it, that they will. But if there's two games that they're gonna lose, it would be Texas A and M and LSU. Okay. Because you know, if Ole Miss wins this, they have to win out, and then Bama has to lose two games in the SEC. So I'm a, okay. Sorry, I, I still think I still think Tennessee has a chance to beat Bama on the road just because we tend to and I, I get a lot of hate for this. And it's not necessarily that I believe in Tennessee, even though I do. It's more the fact that like lately, the last five, six, seven years, we play really good in, in Bryant Denny Stadium. Like we play really good on the road at, at Alabama. We even did it with uh Josh Heifel's first year. Like we literally I think we're one position game in the fourth quarter and our first year with Josh Heifel after we went three and seven with Jeremy Pruitt. Like, I don't know why, but it seems like we always tend to play some pretty good competitive football in Brian Denny. So for that reason, I think that even if we don't win, I think we might could scare Nick Saban a little bit Thursday during October. But regardless, that is that is the prediction show for week six, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's going to be pretty boring as a Tennessee fan because obviously it's a bye week, but we will be back at it in full swing next Sunday to recap everything that happens in week six. Um, for your boy, Skylar Tarpley, th- this is Michael Allen, and this is the Vol Fanatic Show. Yeah, and uh, guys, we've already mentioned it before, but check out our week five recap. I have got it uploading right now. It should actually be uploaded on Spotify. Um, it, it should be uploaded now. If not, it will be within the next little bit. Uh, it'll be on Apple soon after that, and then I will work on getting it up to YouTube this afternoon. This one is going up immediately after we're done here. Uh, just got to go through the the publishing, the processing, and all that on our app here. But um, Skylar, what what else you got before before we close out right here? Yeah, man. Please, everybody. Uh, even if you don't want to hear us ever again, just go 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 subscribe to the channel. It's completely free. It helps us out. Um, that way, we can hopefully go live and interact with you guys on the spots, in the comment sections. Um, but, yeah, go go check it out. We're trying to build this thing up. We're having a great time with it. And, our, I mean, our records are not bad. Like, we're pretty good at doing this. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, for us all at the Vol Fanatic Show, go Big Orange. Absolutely. Go Big Orange. Vols fans, get some rest this week, and we will see you next week.